0: Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the seventh chapter. Open our ears, Lord, to see. Jesus set out and went away to the region of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know that he was there. Yet he could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile "'Found the child laying on the bed and the demon gone. "'Then he returned from the region of Tyre "'and went by the way of Sidon towards the Sea of Galilee "'in the region of the Decapolis. "'They brought to him a deaf man "'who had an impediment in his speech, "'and they begged him to lay his hand on him. "'He took him aside in private, away from the crowd, "'and put his fingers into his ears, "'and he spat and touched his tongue.' Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephephelah, that is, be open. And immediately his ears were open, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealous they proclaimed it. They were astounded beyond measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. The Gospel of the Lord grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So every time that I've read this gospel lesson, I see something a little bit different. For example, this past Tuesday, we read the gospel together in Bible study, and we really focused on the idea of the demon who possessed the little girl. We asked, are demons still active in the world today? And if they are, what does that actually look like? And then how would one not be possessed by demons? But another way that I've looked at it is is when I read through the beginning of the gospel lesson, I see that Jesus is basically looking to get away to get a little rest. So he went to the town of Tyre. He thought that he would be able to escape the crowds, take a break from the constant demand of teaching and preaching and healing. However, his fame had spread so far that it seemed like everyone knew who Jesus was, what he can do for people, and there was really no chance for him to get away from it all. So he's in this house and this woman hears that Jesus is in town. So she goes up to him and she begs him to heal her daughter who is possessed by a demon. And to be honest, I really don't blame her. If one of my children were sick or possessed by a demon, and suddenly this miracle worker who was from out of town arrived unexpectedly in my neighborhood, I would do everything I could to go and find him and to ask him the same thing. This was her one shot to get to Jesus to ask for his help. You see, Jesus had never been to the area of Tyre before, and it's likely that he will never go there again. So this woman did what any desperate parent would do. She runs and she throws herself at the feet of Jesus. She does this in an act of respect and worship. And she begs for the restoration and healing of her beloved little girl. So I read this Bible passage, I get to the, this, this point in the text, and I know what's going to happen. You know, I, I, I know Jesus, right? You know, I know what he's going to do. He's going to look into her eyes, he's going to hold her hands and, and bring her to her feet and tell her, to reassure her that everything is going to be okay. That's what Jesus is supposed to do, right? Isn't that what we teach our kids in Sunday school? Jesus is a good guy, he's a miracle worker, When we ask Jesus for help, he's going to be there for us every time. But instead, all she gets from her plea is not only a rebuke, but Jesus insults her. I don't like that kind of Jesus. And to be honest, this is a part of the gospel. When I I read it, I, I tend to mask the truth. I tend to ignore it. I pretend it's not there. And I've tried this for a long time. You know, I, I tried to read it and understand who is this Jesus that I read about in this particular gospel lesson. You know, a few years ago I remember talking about this text with a with a friend of mine, and we said, Well, when Jesus says to the woman, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Well, Jesus is really saying that with a twinkle in his eye. Maybe he's playing with her a little bit, seeing what she would say back to him. People around him knew that he was kidding. Maybe he had a smile on his face. We don't really know, what, but we assume that's kind of what, what, what Jesus looked like and what, what, how he was talking to her. And the woman was quick-witted. She replied to him, sir, even the dogs under the table can eat the children's crumbs. But the more I thought about that, it really didn't bring me comfort. I mean, when I go to Jesus in a desperate situation, I don't want him to make light of the problem, especially when it comes to life and death. So I tried to wrap my head around this text, and I thought, well, well maybe this is a test. Maybe Jesus is trying to test this woman. You know, the kind of tests that Job had. Except, unlike Job, it doesn't say anywhere in the passage that this is a test. In fact, this would be the only time in the Gospel of Mark that there was this kind of test. And any other test that I read in the Bible is not about insults or frustration. It's about pushing ourselves beyond what we think is possible. To push ourselves out of our comfort zone. So then I thought, well, maybe this isn't a test. Jesus is not saying this with some twinkle in his eye, but maybe it's a lesson that Jesus is learning. Maybe that's why Mark includes this in his gospel. For, For most of my life in my ministry, I've had this view of who Jesus is. And part of that vision is is Jesus is this kind of all-around perfect guy, this all-knowing person. From the age of 12, he is preaching and teaching in the temple. He is the best of the best. He surrounds himself with the people that he thinks will, will help him complete the ministry that he sent in this world to do. He encourages people. He transforms people. He changes the world. But what if Jesus can learn as well? Perhaps there is a chance that Jesus doesn't quite realize how expansive God's kingdom really is. Maybe this desperate woman pushes him to see God's vision in this world, God's vision of grace and love. Jesus learns that there is room in God's kingdom for everyone. For the Jews and the Gentiles, for males and females, for slaves and those who are free, for white people and black people, insiders and outsiders. There's even room for this woman and her daughter. You know, at this point in Mark's gospel, Jesus' ministry was strictly for the Jews. And this woman was an outsider. Someone, perhaps, who would not usually be seen with Jesus. So this woman comes to him and opens his mind to the possibility that God loves everyone, including her. And she says to him, Guess what, Jesus? God has said yes to me. God said yes to me when God opened up the heavens. God said yes to me when God decided to show up in the wilderness rather than the temple. God said yes to me when he, when he sent you here to be with me instead of, You being in Jerusalem. I realize, Jesus, it is okay to be me. I am important to God, even though I don't look like you, even though I don't act like you, even though I don't come from the same place you come from, even though I'm different from you. That's okay, because I know that God loves me for who I am. This woman rocks Jesus' world. She gets Jesus to proclaim to the world what his ministry is and who his ministry is for. She gets Jesus to see God for who God truly is. This woman tells the truth, and she changes everything. Her world changes. Jesus' world changes. Even our world changes because of her. And he tried to escape it. But the truth is, the rest of Jesus' ministry is not the same because of her. Because now he has healed this woman's daughter. And now he has said that this woman and her daughter, they matter. And he's giving life to the outsider. He's giving voice to the voiceless. He's giving grace to us all. You know, because of this woman... We include the words for all people in our mission statement. When we respond to and share God's love, we do not limit that to people who look like us, who think like us, who act like us. We include everyone. And we do this because things in our lives, what we do here in church, it changes who we are. It changes our community. It changes our world. And as we change things, we need to prepare our hearts, our minds, our souls, and our lives for this change. We cannot be the church that we were 10 years ago. We cannot be the church we were 15, 20, 25 years ago. You know, I've seen churches try to do this time and time again, and they always fail. We heard at the Synod Assembly this year uh, when Bishop Hazelwood was giving his report that the height of Lutheranism in New England was in the 1960s. He said that he has attended more 50-year anniversaries of churches this year than he has ever had to before. The reality is we want to go back to that time, to that place, but our world has changed so much since then. Our world has changed and no longer are our pews full of people eager to learn about God and how God acts in their lives. No longer is, this, there's, is there this feeling of being safe because our world is no longer safe. No longer are we happy and safe and content in the arms of Jesus. You know, We're not happy and safe and content in the arms of Jesus because... We can no longer just sit here and rest in our sanctuary. We can't open our doors and be flooded with people wanting to come to church anymore. So we are no longer safe. We have to take risks. We have to know that as we find ourselves in the arms of Jesus, this means that we are going to have to open our hearts, our lives, and our church to everyone without question. Being in the arms of Jesus means that we are going to have to tell the truth, the truth of the gospel. The truth of the gospel is that we no longer have the right to say who God loves and who God does not love. When we tell the truth of the gospel, we can no longer judge the other person. All we can do is tell the truth to show the world God's love through our actions and through the grace that has been given to us. You know, to tell the truth is absolutely vital because it is the only way we can see the church, our faith, and our lives blossom and grow into the fullness of God's grace, love, and mercy. But when we hold back the truth, when we keep it to ourselves, it is then that assumptions take over. It is then that we feel pulled in different directions. It is then that we start to crumble and we see the ugliness that can happen in our world come into our church. So we gather here together each and every Sunday. We sing together. We pray together. We worship together. We read scripture together. We have communion together. And we do this so that we can let our light shine And we can discern the truth for our lives and our church. But my friends, this is hard. And we see that as a risk. And we take our church and we open it to everyone because of this Seraphonician woman. From Jesus' first reaction to her, you know, she could have put her face into the dust. She could have gotten up and went back to her house And watch as her daughter would die. But instead, she tells the truth. The truth that God loves her for who she is, not because of what she looks like or where she is from. She tells this truth so others can say, you have just told my story. You know, I went up against great odds, and because you were able to tell the truth, Because you were able to say that God loves you for who you are, now I can do that too. Thank you. And we gather here today to tell the truth. The truth of God's story that we know that we are not alone and that we have love and support from God through our faith Lutheran Church family. And with this love and support, we know that we can stumble and fall. We can have our faults but we always have our church family to pick us back up to help us get on our feet so that we can be fed with the truth of God's love and then together we can go out into the world as we respond to and share God's love with all people. Amen.